Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Hey, I want you to turn, uh, we're going to look at a few passages actually today. Psalm 104 I mentioned earlier, we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, We're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 37, Genesis chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. We're going to be jumping all over the place, but it's going to be up on the screen. Uh, But I just want to remind also parents, you can pause right now. Go back to the website. There's stuff up there for your kids. Uh, Just go under the menu, under kids ministry, and there's stuff up there uh, for your children today. So make sure you do that. And the rest of us, uh, when they get back, they'll join us. Uh, But we're going to continue on, and we're going to start in Romans chapter 12, verse 11 in a second. But on that note of s'mores, obviously Cora and I just got back from holidays, and I'm grateful for the team. They did a great job. Uh, I was able to, you know, uh, watch the online stuff while I was away. Uh, worship was great. JJ did an incredible job with the message, and I hope and pray that it ministered to you. Uh, but while we were away, part of our vacation wasn't just visiting some family, but we got a chance uh, to be at a cottage, just myself, Cora, and our youngest, Abby. And uh, we're so grateful for the family that allowed us to go up there. It was so peaceful. We were there for about four days at least, and uh, it was incredible. Right on the water, it was just like, it, it was like picturesque. It was crazy. And so, of course, we get up there on the Monday, and I just wanted to get that campfire going. You know, I can't have a campfire in my backyard uh, because I don't have enough property, and uh, I'm a little too close to an oil pipeline. That's probably part of it. But anyways, so, uh, you know, we can't have campfires like that, and I miss a good campfire, you know, some get that logs, you know, burning and that smell from the wood, and uh, I couldn't wait, and I couldn't wait to have, you know, maybe a s'more or two, although... I probably shouldn't have it because COVID has attacked me, and you can see the results. Uh, you know, not uh, feeling as slim as I normally, but I'm back at the gym, so don't worry. It's all good. Um, but uh, I couldn't wait to have a s'more or two, so I got everything ready for a campfire that night. I had the logs there. I had the kindling. I had the matches. You know, I had everything that I needed to start this fire, and I thought, man, I'm going to call on my inner survivor man, and, you know, and this thing's just going to come into flames, and I'll be throwing logs in all night because it's just a raging fire. You can see it like two miles away. Well, anybody that knows me, that, you know that that didn't happen. That's for sure. It was actually a pretty big, it was a pretty big challenge. I, I mean, I, I started the fire. and had a little bit of a flame that I kept feeding it, and, and it just wouldn't take. And I, I was, I'm like, man, this doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, I would get down on the ground. And you know how you get on the ground and you, and you blow into the fire and all of a sudden that, that, that breathing on the fire will cause it to, you know, kind of catch a little bit more. And you're hoping it'll catch enough that it'll just keep going. And, you know, because, you know, part of the reason is, is that a lot of people may not know this, but in order to have a fire, one of the most critical elements to a fire is oxygen. It's actually a statistic that you need at least 16% oxygen in order to have a campfire or to have any kind of fire uh, and not just have a fire or to start a fire, but to actually sustain a fire. So, you know, I, I thought about that. I didn't know the statistic. I looked that up this week after I got back. But I, I just knew that when, you, when a wind would come or you breathe on a fire, it'll catch a little bit more. So I, I got down and, and I'm breathing on this thing and, and it would catch a little bit. And then, you know, I'm thinking, okay, we're good. I don't need to do any more. And, and but then it would just start to fizzle out. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, man. We've got, you know, dry logs. The kindling was just right. It's hot, but I'm not getting a flame. And, and then I noticed after a while that, okay, my, my, my breath is not working. My breathing on this is not working. But then all of a sudden, a gentle wind would come in off the lake. 
that was a little more, with a little more, uh, you know, umph than my, you know, my breathing on this. And all of a sudden, the fire would just, you know. But unfortunately, that night, the wind wasn't consistent enough. There wasn't, it wasn't coming around enough in order to keep that or sustain that. And, and eventually, the fire would go back down. And I was thinking about that this week because, to be honest with you, that's a lot like our faith journey. You know, you can have all the elements in your faith journey. You can have, like, you know, a, a fire needs wood, and it needs kindling, and it needs, you know, matches or some kind of fire starter, you know. Maybe you're one of those guys that just throws gasoline on it or, you know, that fire starter liquid kind of a thing, you know, and, and you get fires going that way. Or maybe you're old school and you get some twigs going and some rope and, you know, you, you, know, you, you think you're on Survivor every time you try to start a fire. But whatever it is, you can have all the elements that you want. But if you don't have oxygen, it's not going to happen. And our faith journey is a lot like that. You can have all the elements. You can be going to church. You can be a part of a community group. You can have your Bible there. You can be doing devotions every single day. You can have prayer partners. You can have individuals that are encouraging you. You can respond in those moments that you would have, you know, when you're reading something in Scripture and you feel like, oh, God, I need to pray about this. You can do all those things. And all of those things are critical, and all of those things are valuable, and all of those things are absolutely essential and important. But unless you have the oxygen, it's not going to burst into flame. Remember we looked at Romans chapter 12, verse 11 a few weeks ago, and I told you that I don't know how anybody can have a, a relationship with Jesus or serve God without passion you know, for me, it's just you got to have passion, and you got to have that one passion, which is Jesus, and, and then you pursue that with passion. That, for me, is the definition of, you know, and it looks a little bit different for everybody, but that's the definition of, you know, a passionate follower of Jesus. I think that's what God is looking for. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, he says this, never be lacking in zeal. Remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I love the Passion Translation because the Passion Translation says this, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Like, jump at the opportunity. You know, don't wait to be asked. You see the moment, jump in there, get in there. Be happy, be joyful, be excited that you have this opportunity is what the author of Romans is saying. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. So serve God with passion, this desire, this hunger, this drive that pushes you. But I remember reading that and coming back from my holidays, and, and I had a moment, which I'll describe in a moment, but I had a moment, and I thought, God, how, how does someone have passion. I mean, we can get into the word, and we can get into small groups, and we can be attending church, and all those things are important. And then I thought to myself, no, it's just like that campfire. It's just like that campfire, you need the wind of God to cause the flame to catch. In fact, this is my word that God just dropped on my heart this way. We need what's known as the ruah of God, or the breath of God or the 
wind of God, that just like that fire, and like I said, you can try to do all these things on your own, but there's just an element that only God can do, and that's the breath of God, or and it's not just the breath of God. This Hebrew term uh, that refers to the breath of God or the wind of God actually refers to the Spirit of God, and when the Spirit of God is moving, when the breath of God is moving, you know, when, it's, when he's breathing on us, when, when he causes the wind of his spirit to touch our lives, something really powerful. When you look at the scripture, whenever he did this, something powerful happened every time in scripture. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says this, and we know this from the very beginning. This is he created man, but there's one point in verse 7 in chapter 2. It says, then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed ruah into his nostrils. And the breath of life and the man became a living being. Our very existence started because of the breath of God. Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 5. Many of us that, that have been a part of community have shared this before. You know, uh, uh, probably about a year ago. Ezekiel 37. It's the, it's the story of the valley of dry bones. And the Lord takes his prophet and he says, Do you think that I can make these bones come alive and become this incredible army? And and of course, the response to the prophet's like, well, God, you can do anything. Verse 5, the Lord says this. He said, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. Bones, dead. The dead. Lying in a valley. He said, I will make my breath the ruah of God. Enter you and you will come to life. And instantly, tendons began to grow, and the army was raised to life. Reminding us that where the breath of God is, where the wind of God is, when the Spirit of God is moving, even the dead come to life. Spiritually, you come to life. At Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, I just I want to show you some of the powerful instances, and there are a ton more in Scripture. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4 says this, and again, being a Pentecostal, this is one of our, this is one of our staple Scriptures. Here we go, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, remember, you know, Jesus taught the disciples after his, you know, resurrection, and he taught them for another you know, season of time, and then he encouraged them to go and wait in the upper room, you know, in Jerusalem, ready for this moment, this encounter with the Spirit of God. And then finally that day came, the day of Pentecost happened, and they were all together in one place. And the scripture says, suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the entire house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And the moment after this, Peter and the guys went outside and they began to share the gospel and revival broke out because the wind of God blew. The Spirit of God blew. Powerful things happen. But going back to what I said to you, that in order for you to have a fire, in order to have passion, I said it's essential. Just like a fire, it's essential that it has oxygen. You have to have oxygen. Otherwise, it won't take. You can have all what appears to be heat, 
but you won't have a flame. It won't burn brightly without oxygen. In the same way, it is essential. Listen to Psalm 104, verse 30. I'm going to go to in a second. And again, like I said earlier, as we were going to prayer, the psalmist is basically saying, hey, listen, creation is 100% dependent on the moving of God. Talks about feeding them and talks about being there for them. And then in verse 30, the psalmist makes this interesting statement. He says, when you send your spirit, the word there in the Hebrew, Hebrew is ruah. He said, when you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. Do you know, when I was looking at that this week, it, it caught my eye, but I didn't quite understand it. You know, sometimes you're reading something, and you can read it like ten times. You're like, I don't really get it, you know? And so I wanted to dig into this because I'm like, okay, what does that mean when your spirit, you know, comes? They are created. What's created? And, and the face of the ground, meaning it's renewed, it's, it's, it's regenerated. And then I started to study it, and the reference is back to Genesis chapter 7 and the flood. God causing a flood to, to it, was a, it, was, it was because of the sin of humanity. He couldn't take it anymore. And he wiped it out except for, you know, Noah and his sons and their family, and, and he started again. He regenerated everything. He, he hit the reset button. With the flood. And the point of the psalm was to remind their hearers that no matter where you find yourself, when the Spirit of God comes, even if you feel like things are going in the right direction or you're facing something difficult or something is overwhelming or maybe you feel like it's done, The psalmist says, just remember that when the Spirit of God or the Ruah of God, when the breath of God, when the move of God in the way of the wind or His Spirit comes, He can restart and reset any given moment and he will regenerate that word, renew the face of the ground, his idea of repopulating and renewing the ground. So vegetation and everything, that's the, that's the idea. It just begins to come to life. Man, Revelation talks about this, that God says, hey, do you, do you not see what I'm doing? I'm doing a new thing. And I want you to know, this is the word that God's dropped in my heart community, that if we're going to have passion, if, if any, and, and not just passion, I just want to say this, it's not just passion. I have this sense in my heart and my spirit today that there are some other people just like me that could really use a good, fresh dose of the wind of God just to breathe on you, that just like that fire, you feel like you're kind of kindling, but you're not, the passion's not there, and you just need that, that burst, you just want your passion to ignite. Listen, you can have all the elements, but if you don't have the wind, you can do it all in your effort, but if you don't have the wind, if you don't have the ruah of God, it's not going to catch it's not going to be sustainable like you want it. It's not going to burn like it's meant to burn. We need the ruah of God. When Psalm, the psalmist says in Psalm 140, 104 and says, hey, listen, 
All of creation is dependent. Hey, listen, if we want a new beginning, if we want to see God regenerate, if we want to see God move, in the same way that it's all determined by his hands, it's impacted by his spirit and by his breath and by the wind of God. And I just wonder today as Jonathan and Rebecca come back, is there anybody today that's like me? Because I had one of those moments this week. I, I, I came back from holidays. I shared a devotional with the staff. I thought the devotional was going to be the, you know, the beginning part of, you know, a, a message, like the foundation of a message that I was going to share. And uh, Tuesday came and I met with Alan and Wendy Walker Alan and Wendy are, for those that don't know, Alan and Wendy have been a part of community from almost day one. And Wendy, of course, is on staff with us, volunteer. Uh, she helps with some pastoral care, and we're so grateful for them. But they've been prayer partners of mine for, man, since I've been here, some, from the very beginning of being here. And we were talking, and I always just share my heart and, and uh, just talking about my vacation and talking about what God's been stirring in my heart and my spirit. And then we just went to prayer. And as I was sitting there and we were, we were just praying, Alan was praying and then Wendy would pray and, and I was just waiting for my moment to pray. And as I was, you know, sitting there on their couch, I, um, I, I heard the Lord speak to me and say, I want you to pray for the breath, my breath, to breathe on you. And so I, I did. I said, God, I, I just pray right now that the breath of God would breathe on me. Because it's been like all of you. We, we've all faced a really challenging season. And it just feels like you know, even though we've made some great strides and just, it's hard, man, because every week you don't know what's going to be announced and what's going to be available. And now everyone's, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do in September for their kids. Do I send my kids? Do I keep them home? When we turned an entire ministry completely online, and the stress and, and making decisions and all that kind of stuff. And, and I'm sure you have felt the weariness over the last number of months. And the weariness isn't necessarily like physical because, you know, you've been blocked from doing a lot of stuff outside, you know, for the first few months and doing anything. It's the mental, it's the emotional and even the spiritual fatigue. You feel like you're on empty. I don't know if that resonates for anybody today. You feel like you got nothing to give. I don't know who that resonates with today. And I left that day praying that prayer, praying that prayer over you, not just me, but over you, over my family. Say, God, just breathe. I couldn't shake it. And as I was sitting at my desk, I thought about the campfire, and I thought, man, like, it's an essential, and I want you to catch that word for a second because we're going to worship before we leave today. 
and I'm believing that what I was hoping for and what I was praying for to happen outside is going to happen inside of your home. That the breath of God would breathe on you today. That the wind of God would gently, because listen, it's not just the campfire. When we were there, I saw a couple of guys that were windsurfing. And listen, windsurfing is great and you're on the move, but the moment that the wind dies down, you're stuck. You can't go anywhere. Come on. There's got to be somebody out there that's been feeling that way. Man, and I just feel like what, what the church, not just community, what the church, maybe this is prophetic, I don't know, I have no idea. I just know this is in my heart, this is in my spirit today. That some of us feel a little stuck. It's not that we don't love Jesus, it doesn't, it's not that we don't have a passion, but we just feel a little stuck. May the wind of God breathe on you just like it would that windsurfer. Cause you to move again the direction that he's calling you to or maybe like it was a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the outdoor drive-in service and I was on the platform with everybody else you know even before we started the keyboard was like the actual keys were like hot you know poor you know poor Hillary is like you know like she's just it's like hot bricks man she's just like you know it was hot up there and everyone is just drenched in sweat I had headphones on and my headphones kept dropping off because I couldn't keep them on. It was just so hot. But it was so refreshing. That moment where that gentle wind would just kind of breeze through. And it just energized you. It's not just about passion. When the wind of God moves, when the Spirit of God moves and the importance, the essential, we need to pray for the breathing of God on our lives because it rekindles, it sustains, it causes passion to rise. It's absolutely essential. You can have all the other things, and all of the other things are important too. But we need the breath of God to move us, to just touch us today. And I thought about that, which is really funny because right now we don't want anybody in society breathing on us right I'm so fearful right now of that so we put on these masks and I get it and as ironic as that is I'm going to ask you to do something I'm going to ask you to look at your neighbor and say, hey, breathe on me. I don't want you doing that. But I want you to say, God, and trust me, God's not wearing a mask. But God, I want you to breathe on me. I want you to breathe. We're going to worship for just a few moments before we, you know, cut out today. I just want just this one song. Can we just, can we just worship right where you are? In fact, I'm going to ask everybody in the auditorium right now that's able to, because I know we've got some tech people, but I'm going to ask everyone there right now to stand. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands, and wherever you are right now, in your home, I know it might be a bit awkward because you've got someone sitting beside you, but I'm going to ask you to boldly right now, whether stand or wherever you are, I just want you to lift a hand towards heaven, and I just want you to begin to pray that prayer as Rebecca and JJ lead us in worship. Yeah, come on all over this place, and just would you invite the breath of God to breathe on you today because I'm going to tell you something. It's essential. It's critical right now. We're through this week's message. 
Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.